What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 167 of TLDR Podcast. We are on the eve of October, ladies and gentlemen, which is one of the greatest months of the year. I mean, everything's pumpkin flavored, which we love, but mainly it's because all the sports are going. We got MLB postseason, we got hockey's coming back, basketball's coming back. Um, and then football, you know, we're, we're, we're in the full swing of football. We're going to be a month into the NFL season. Um, so we got all those sports coming for you on this podcast. Uh, we'll have Traden talking some, some more NHL previews. Alex is talking some of his NBA previews and James going through his waiver wire for fantasy football. So hope you guys are in for another good treat. Um, next week we'll be talking about the MLB postseason. Um, but just to kind of wrap up MLB and just got to get a little bit in there. Uh, we got to talk about our series picks of the week champion. Uh, James, you wiped the floor with everyone, bud. Um, after, after last week, you went two and one, um, and you have a 23 and 12 record, which is nowhere near anyone else. Um, and since we're not doing picks this week, the final standings, uh, I came in second 17 and 19, which again, proves how, how crazy James just kicked our ass. Um, trading, I beat you out by, by, uh, so my win percent, I had to do, I had to do the win percentages because they're all kind of whack. So I had a four, seven, two in percentage trading. You came right behind me with a four seventy. Okay. So respectable trading. You weren't last because you had a good three and a week last week. So great job. You finished the year out strong, a, 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 a perfect week for you, Alex, you and I both went one and three, which really screwed with our records. Um, so unfortunately, Alex, you finished in last with that 16 and 19, uh, with a four, five, seven wins percentage. So, Alex, you're really good at trivia. So, you're really good at like knowing the present and the past, but you're mm. terrible at predicting the future. So, <laughs> there's always a balance there somewhere. Um, but, Alex, other than coming in last in picks of the week, how are you doing? Okay. So, technically, I did not come in last because, as we know, I'm Team James. So, in reality, I got first place also. Uh, agree with that statement, by the way. Yeah. It's <laughs> like in uh, seven days, I will expect $50 Venmo to me from James because the Padres <laughs> suck. Uh, I'm doing fantastic, Tyler. I do not like pumpkin. So I don't like the generalization that you just did. Pumpkin Ooh. spices are gross. Wow. Um, Hot take. Other than that, How dare you? Yeah. Trade in. Pumpkin cheesecake would potentially be the worst thing in the history of the world. Uh, other than that, though, Tyler, I am doing fantastic. Uh, I had a good weekend. Ready for basketball to start, ready for baseball playoffs, ready for hockey to start, ready for the Rams to score in the red zone. Other than that, I'm good to go, baby. I love it. Don't buy Alex anything pumpkin. He will throw it back in your face. We know this <laughs> to be true. Uh, James, I mean, that's I mean, I, that's a hot take. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of all the pumpkin flavored things. James, are you a, a fan of all the pumpkin flavored things? Uh, I don't know if I'm a fan of all pumpkin things like you are because you're a BWB. Yeah, I think that is figure it out. Yep. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of with Alex. I'm cool with it, but I won't really throw it at your face. Pumpkin cheesecake. I won't, I won't either. <laughs> I think that you will. Five bucks says you won't. So now you're going to give me five bucks. I'm going to go try to win my money back here. Um, but Tyler is going to give me money for winning the baseball thing. So pretty much Tyler is going to send you the 50 bucks. So mm. that's how it's going to work out. I Good. love that. Good. Yeah, James, you have still yet to prove that we put any money on this whole MLB picks of the week thing. And it's been three weeks already. So I'm pretty sure you just um, <laughs> have not been able to figure it out. So uh, I, will, sure. I will give you something, though. I think you deserve some prize. Um, but I, I, next week I will come up with what the prize is. How about that? What a golf clap. Yeah. That, you know, fantastic. But, uh, every listeners go back in time, go figure it out. <laughs> There's somewhere. 
James needs help, basically. I need help. To figure out nothing because nothing ever happened. But Traden, how are you, my man? I'm doing well. Um, we are just, what, two weeks away from the NHL starting. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited. I'm also excited for, uh, for October baseball. Um, also, um, fun, fun news is that, uh, the entire Chargers defense, um, flipped off their coach by, by still winning the game, even though the coach did everything he could to lose the game. So congratulations to the Chargers defense. You, uh, you really stuck it to your coach who, who needs to be fired yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Chargers uh, got away with one. They, you know, are not 0-3, unlike some other teams in the league that are in some trouble. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a great, great week for all of us. Let's let's get in to the meat of the podcast. We're going to lead off with some hockey talk. Traden's got the Pacific Division preview. Traden, let's go. Yes, sir. So as always, we are going to go in reverse order from rank. So James is going to take us through the Anaheim Ducks, who went a whopping 23, 47, and 12 for just 58 points, uh, which was effectively worse than the league. James, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> and they didn't get the first overall pick. What and is they that? did not get the first overall pick. Uh, the bullshit um, uh, lottery draft uh, you know, kills you again. You guys lost out on Sidney Crosby in 2008, and now you lose out. I think it might have been 2008. might be a little earlier. Uh, now you lose out on Connor Bedard. So... Uh, T- tough sledding, tough sledding for the uh, for the Anaheim Ducks there. But um, for the roster, in comes veteran Alex Kalorn, uh, Leo Carlson, Andrew uh, Agazino, Robert Haig, Radko Gudis, Ilya Lubushkin, Alex Stalock, and Coach Greg Cronin. Uh, out is Derek Grant, Jason Megna, Max Comtois, Kevin Shattenkirk, Simon ben- Benoit, Nathan Bellio. Anthony Stolars and coach Dallas Eakins to what James is so ecstatic to see and hear about. Um, <laughs> he loves Dallas Eakins. Um, my question for you, James, um, is quite simple. Um, the, the biggest issue right now for the Ducks is they sit two weeks away from the NHL starting and Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegers are still without a contract. They are not with their teams. They are not, uh, signed up. Um, I am start my patience for uh for the little ball of hate that is your GM is starting to wear thin as a fan as a as a side fan of of the Ducks not really a fan but I appreciate you liking them um and I also was one that would that is a you know kind of backed up you know um Pat Verbeek uh, at at the time of the hiring and so far my patience for him is running thin question for you do we see Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drowsdale suit up for the Anaheim Ducks in two weeks? I mean, I was not prepared for this question whatsoever. Fun fact. Hence <laughs> <laughs> this awkward silence. Um, they, they need to. <laughs> they definitely, because if not, there's nobody that's going to go to a Ducks game. Because who are you going to watch, man? Let's be real. Like, there's nobody. Zegers is a human highlight reel. The Ducks aren't going to win a lot of games again because they're not going to be that good. So you're going to go watch and hope for a Michigan or a really sick new goal that's going to come out. Zegers needs to be there to do that. They need experience because they aren't the best of the best yet because they haven't played at the best of the best level for at that long. They're young. Zegers is 22. Dresden is 21. They need to sign him. But the fact of the matter is, Pat Verbeek, who I didn't really like from the beginning um, because of just the way he did his intro conference and everything, he is kind of like a hard ass, and it's like my way or the hard or the highway. And with this generation of kids, 
because let's call it what it is. Zegers is a kid. Drysdale is a kid. They want things done their way. And if they, if it doesn't get catered to them, they're not going to do it. And so now they're at a standstill between Verbeek being the old head, being like, I want it this way. You better do it or you're not going to play. And Zegers is like, all right, cool. Then I won't play. It is what it is. Like, you need me. And the fact of the matter is, the Ducks need Zegers and Drysdale more than, than they need Verbeek. Let's be real right now. That's the fact of the matter. I want to say yes, that they will sign because I, I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be public opinion and public opinion on the Ducks being they need to sign these guys. Otherwise, nothing is going to happen. So I think it's going to be upper management. It'll be like, this needs to happen ASAP or else we're not going to have anybody at our game. So I think at the end of the day, an opening day, you will have those two players on the ice. Yeah, um, I, I think that court of public opinion is going to force Verbeek's hand, so to speak. His opening um, offer for uh, Zegras is downright bullshit. Um, I will, I will say that um, it was like three, three or four million. That's how much you're paying, like Alex Kalorn, who's like needs a walker to play. Um, I, I do want to give you a little bit easier question because it is the Ducks. Um, they are bringing in some very hard nosed veterans that do not appreciate losing. Alex uh, Alex Kalorn is his two two time Stanley Cup winner. Radko Gudis, we saw what that motherfucking animal did in the playoffs. Um, do you think that this? this veteran group is going to appreciate losses and you think it's good to bring in this type of veteranship for guys that just haven't been for the rest of a team that hasn't been able to really, you know, find a winning way. I think it's fantastic that these guys are on the team. The rest of this team haven't won ever. Let's look at the roster. You have all these young guys and Henrique. That's like, that. that's what's happening right there. And John Gibson, who obviously doesn't like losing either, but having these winning voices on the team, getting on the players, it's going to kind of like a like an asshole, like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant role on the team when they sucked. And now you're going to have these guys bring the level up. Practices will be harder, which is great. You need harder practices right now to get you ready for the game. When the practices are harder than the game, you succeed. And, and Dallas Aiken sucked as a coach. Let's be real. He was atrocious. He let things slide that shouldn't have slid. And so now you're bringing these guys who hate losing it's going to be a culture shock and a culture change in a good way. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, it's always good when you bring in those type of guys. And I think that alone is going to make it worth going to Ducks games. Um, and Vegas kind of agrees here. So uh, the the Vegas line for their points is 66 and a half. Gives some context. 78 and a half was their opening, um, op- uh, the opening spot last season. They finished with 58. So James, what do you say for 66 and a half? Over. You take the over? Okay, I appreciate that. As a fan, I do appreciate that. Tyler, how do you feel about your hated rival to the South? Just because I don't like him as the under. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Alex, do you hate him less than Tyler? I mean, I don't know, but I don't like him, which means under. Under. <laughs> Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that I think that they just, that, that they can't get any worse. And I think that they may find, uh, you know, find a new goaltender that after Gibson's traded, I think this team's going to make a step forward and kind of, you know, stabilize a little bit. I think we're going to see the over not by much. I think we're going to see a better season by the ducks, which is always fun, especially here in, um, in Anaheim, uh, moving on to the sharks. Uh, let me double check. I don't think any of these guys really wanted to talk about the sharks. Uh, I got it. Oh, you do. Oh, James, I'm that's shocking. Um, especially when other other teams that you could have talked about. Um, so you talk about the worst, the two worst teams in the in the Pacific. Um, Sharks went 22, 44, and 16 for 60 points. 
for the San Jose Sharks. In comes Michael Granlin, Anthony DeClaire, Mike Hoffman, G- uh, Giovanni Smith, Ryan Carpenter, John Ruda, and Mackenzie Blackwood uh, um, in the net. In, in the net. Out goes Stephen Lorenz, uh, Noah Greger, and Eric Carlson, and James Reimer. Um, Mike Greer is really in the middle of a true, true-ass rebuild. In some cases, what some teams in this league and some teams in other leagues really need to do. Now, it hurts. It hurts. You're losing your best players. You're losing a 100-point you know, player in, in Eric Carlson who just turned back the clock. Um, Will Smith is your, it was your, uh, fourth overall pick in the past, in this past summer, but he's going to be playing in Boston for one more year. How do you feel about the sharks? And do you think that they, do you think that they will be, you know, second in the division or do you think that they will be beat out by your team, the Anaheim Ducks? The reason why I picked the Anaheim Ducks over is because the sharks are going to be terrible. Uh, 60 points last season. They, like you said, true rebuild, trading away everybody at the end of the season. I don't expect. Logan Couture to still be there. I don't expect Duclair to still be there or Hoffman or Grant. Like everybody that they kind of just brought in are going to be gone. They're, this team needs to stock up draft capital. They need to get their young players involved. And that's what's going to happen right now. Like this team is easy to talk about because they're going to be terrible. Yeah, I, I, I think we can keep it pretty short. I mean, uh, I know Kylie's a big uh, Sharks fan, but at the end of the day, I think I think that the management team is looking for younger players to to grow. They're looking for um, and, and they're looking to build up draft capital. This this is how rebuilds work. Um, everybody on this podcast knows, especially the the uh, the two Kings fans. The Sharks were good for so 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 long, and it's now time for uh, you know the chickens have come to roost, so to speak, and this is that time. Uh, and they're doing it right. It hurts. It it's not fun to watch, but. At the end of the day, I think I think they're going to be better off for it, and I think and that kind of scares us as uh, as fans um, of other teams in this division. Um, Vegas actually has them not being last in the division. I do, but uh, Vegas does not uh, somehow. Uh, the line is open at seventy and a half points. It opened at seventy seven and a half last season, and they only got sixty. James, I think this is an easy under, but am I wrong in thinking that? No, it's it's a very very easy under. They're under by a lot. Tyler, yeah, under. Uh, Alex, yeah, it's going to be under. Yeah, we're all fading the Sharks. Sorry, Kylie. Um, I just that's a that's a crazy line to me. Um, you know, when we see the basketball ones that are pretty tight, then then they have this. It's like, come on now, like this is not even achievable. Uh, let's let's move on to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they went thirty seven. I'm just making sure. Oh, Alex, you took Vancouver, didn't you? 38, 37, 7 for 83 points. Uh, Vancouver has just been that middling team, guys. Um, you know, Alex, I think, you know, we, we know that in comes, uh, Pius Suter, Teddy Bluger, Ian Cole, Carson Susi, and Matt Irwin. Out goes Oliver Ekman Larson, Ethan Bear, Travis Dermott, Kyle Burroughs, and Colin Delia. Once again, Canucks are the middling group. They um, they are a team that I kind of bring up all the time that are not good enough to make the playoffs, but just not bad enough to to find a to find a draft position um, that is worthy of you know building this team. Where does Vancouver go from here? I'm if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, you're hoping Brock Besser is not a Canuck at the trade deadline. Because I think he's probably the guy or like JT Miller maybe are probably the two guys on that team with the highest draft capital that are, I don't know what their contract situations are off the top of my head. I I know Besser was floated around last year. Um, so 
and I don't even know what they're doing with um, Elias Pettersson. I don't think he's under contract or they're still like working on whatever they're working on with him. So uh, yeah, Canucks, like you got to pick a lane. You either got to, you need, realistically, the lane needs to be the Anaheim San Jose direction and start over because yeah, you've not been a championship contender, even a playoff contender in the last five years, but you haven't been, you know, what the Kings were, what the Blackhawks are doing now, what the Ducks are doing now, what the Sharks are doing now. Like you got to do something like at least the Minnesota wild make the playoffs and lose in the first round every year. You can't even make the playoffs. So like you got to do something else. You have to do something else. Um, unfortunately, Vegas, it does not see them doing that because why would they change anything that they've been doing? It seems to be just meh. Uh, the, the line set for the Vancouver Canucks this season is 88 and a half. It opened at 92 and a half. Um, and they finished at 83. Alex, I mean, uh, taking the over here would suggest that they are flirting with the playoff spot. Where are you with Vancouver? I'm taking the under. I just think the top teams in this division are way, way, way better than the Vancouver Canucks. And yes, they could potentially beat up on the other two California teams, the Ducks and the Sharks, but. I just, I don't see it under. Uh, Yeah. Tyler, do you agree or disagree with Alex here? Yeah, I agree. It's just not a team that gives me any sort of confidence to put them over. So definitely under. James? Under. Under. Now the question, the big question is where are they going to fare with the other two uh, California teams that are not named the the Kings? Um, I'm going to say under two. Um, I'm, I'm just fading this, fading this team. I'm fading this whole division so far. Um, besides the ducks, I, I, I had, to, I had to throw you a little bone there, <laughs> James. <laughs> uh, you're, 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 you're welcome for that. Um, now we move on to the Calgary Flames, which, if I'm not mistaken, that is a group that did not, oh no, Tyler, you picked the Flames. Wow. Um, so I, I'm going to be stuck with the two best team. Come on, guys. Are you serious? That's not, that's not fun. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> That, that is not true. Uh, let's talk Calgary Flames. Uh, 38, 27, 17 for 93 points. Calgary Flames battled and battled and battled. They just did not end up, um, you know, where they wanted to be. There, it, uh, Tyler, as we know, that there, there was some, you know, roster turnover. Um, and it was quite a mess with, with Daryl Sutter. Um, in comes Igor uh, Sharangovich. Matt Coronado, J- Jordan Alsterly, and Coach Ryan Huska, and GM Craig Conroy. Out is Tyler Toffoli, Trevor Lewis, Milan Lucic, Nick Ritchie, Troy Stetcher, Coach Daryl Sutter, and Brad Tree Living. The Calgary Flames are in an interesting position, Tyler. We have the Kings that are that kind of position themselves as a contender. You have the Edmonton Oilers who are a Stanley Cup contender alongside the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. And you have Seattle that's actually, you know, that all-around team that can win every, any night. The Calgary Flames are a different situation. We have new coach, um, but we have, or, or they're coming off a season where they're, you know, one of their best players um, just kind of just did not, you know, f- uh, you know, figure it out. So I ask you, where does Calgary fit in this whole, di- in this whole, le- uh, uh, you know, in, in this whole division? And do you think that they are worthy of a playoff spot? Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting year for the Flames. I think last year they over, I'm sorry, underachieved by a ton. Um, I think they had, you know, the, the Huberto trade was one of the biggest offseason stories in the NHL. And that, that dude's production was half of what it was the season prior in Florida. So 
I think they're going to need a lot of bounce back seasons from both from Herb, from Huberto. I think uh, Nazim Kadri, another guy that had a really bad year last year, and their goalie uh, Markstrom. Um, I think all of those guys had pretty awful years, and you'd expect all those three. I think those three like need to have bounce back years, and I think they'll kind of track back towards what their career norm is. I expect big seasons from all three of those guys. Um, so, and then, you, you know, a new, a new head coach, obviously it wasn't working with, with Sutter. It'll be interesting to see what, what Huska brings to this team. He's been with the flames as an assistant for, for, for the, for the previous five years. Um, so it's not necessarily a whole new mindset. I think it's to be similar, but maybe just a bit different, but they got to get production out of those guys that I mentioned. Um, and yeah, I think if they do get production out, out, out of those guys and they seem to find a, a, a better chemistry, they should be in the position to be a playoff team in this division. I think it's going to be very close with, with those other teams that you mentioned, but I think there's enough with this roster um, on paper for them to be a good hockey team. Um, I think they need to get off to a hot start. Um, I think if they don't, you can see a lot of these guys being traded or potentially going towards more of a full rebuild, especially with the new GM and the, and the, and the new head coach. So things could get ugly if they don't start off well, but I expect the Flames to be a lot better than they were last year, especially with those three guys new head coach. Um, but like I said, I, th- I think they need to get off to a really good start. If they don't, I think trouble could be brewing up in Calgary. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to, I, I tend to agree with the, with that. However, I, I think the flames are going to benefit from the fact that in my opinion, I think that there's only three teams coming out of the central and that leaves one extra spot for, for the flames to kind of step in. I think that the, uh, the, the, the Pacific division, I think we can say all the way through those, before the last three teams we've talked about are probably stronger than the, than the next, uh, you know, five teams say in the central. Um, that's not to say that the top three are, uh, what we, that's a different discussion, but, um, but Vegas tends to agree to, uh, Tyler, uh, t- uh, the, the lines opening at 95 and a half, which would have put them in the playoffs. Um, they were up, they were literally a game or two out of, of, of playoffs, uh, this last season, even with the terrible season that they had, um, it opened at one Oh one and a half. So they definitely missed at 93. Um, so I ask you, Tyler, where do you see the, the, the flames at 95 and a half? I think they'll be over just barely that over that. Like say 96. Yeah. James, Up, what do you think? upper nineties. I'm going to go under that one. You know, under, you're not a fan of this flames team. No, I don't like, that. uh, what about you, Alex? I'm going to take the over. You take the over. I like it. Um, I'm going to, I, I'm actually going to take the under and I'll say, I'll say it because I th- still think Jacob Marpstrom, um, sees Connor McDavid, um, ghosts in his sleep. Um, <laughs> we killed him and that, I don't think that's going to change for a while. Um, until he actually, you know, uh, slays the beast, which let's be real. That's probably not going to happen. Um, uh, now we're going to move on to the Seattle Kraken, Alex, uh, 46, 28 and eight for a hundred points. They made the playoffs out seemingly out of nowhere. Um, you know, I, 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 I think, uh, they, they, they were a really good team all the way through in comes, uh, one of my, uh, favorite, uh, little guys, Kyler Yamamoto, uh, Pierre Edward Belmar, Devin Shore, and Brian Dumoulin out is Daniel Sprong. Surprisingly, Morgan geeky, Ryan Donato, Carson Susie, and Martin Jones. So Alex, I think that the, uh, the Kraken shocked the hockey world. Um, I think that's, I think that's fair to say, um, they're obviously ahead of schedule in terms of their, you know, um, you know, cycle of what we expected. But do you think that making the playoffs has disrupted the path in, in, in what we expected them? And would a missing of the playoffs, um, you know, uh, either a, sh- a shock you and B be a disappointment? Yeah, I think so. To answer your question, 
No, I don't think it disrupted the path. I mean, look, we saw how poorly they did in that first that first season. And everyone was talking all this smack, like, why didn't you take Tarasenko? Why didn't you take yada, yada, yada? And those guys have been trash. Like, they did a really good job being really bad that first year. Kind of surprised us. I think we all thought that they were going to be better than they were that first year. Maybe maybe the rest of us did not have them as a playoff team last year, for sure. And then they shocked the world and beat the Avs in the first round. So, look, they're, I still think they're on that right path. Look, and I think with, with Grubauer, he had a really poor first season in Seattle. Last year got a little bit better. He still had a, an under 900 save percentage where he's like a 915 career guy. You expect him to get better and potentially you have Shane Wright coming this year, which you know, there are a lot of things said about him and he was supposed to be the number one guy and whatever, but like he's 19. Mm-hmm. People are stupid when they're 19. <laughs> you know, that's the deal. Um, you know, and if, and if he can take a step up and, you know, with Matty Veneers and the rest of that, rest of that cracking team, like I expect them to keep continuing trending in the right direction. Yeah. It's interesting. GM Ron Francis has done just a great job in terms of creating an overall, you know, strong team all the way through They're missing star power. And I think that we all agree with that. And that just comes with, you know, it it just kind of comes with the territory. We might see Shane Wright step into that. I don't think so. I think he's going to be an NHLer, but I don't know that he's going to be a superstar. Um, I think we need to pump the brakes on what we expect of Shane Wright, um, you know, despite everything that's kind of happened. Um, and Vegas has Vegas opens the line with uh, with Seattle right with the Flames at 95 and a half. So they opened at 83 and a half. They blew it away at 100. Um, they, again, they kind of they shocked everybody. Um, Alex, how do you feel about Seattle at 95 and a half? Look, the Carolina Hurricanes don't have star power, and they're one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. So I'm taking the over. You're taking the over. Uh, that I, I like it. Um, I will also take the over. I do. I do like the Seattle team. Um, they, they just are a thorn in your side and um, a problem every night. Uh, what about you, Tyler? I will take the over as well. I think it's going to be a really tight packed Pacific division this year. James, I'm assuming now this is the assumption because I know what you're feeling about Seattle is, but what is it? I do hate Seattle and everything Seattle, but I, I got to go with the over here. Oh, wow. The Kraken just look good, man. Like Alex said, you don't necessarily need star power. You know, like it's a, it's a good team. They, they are a good team. Um, is it safe to say that the Kraken are your least hated Seattle team? Yes. Yes. <laughs> good. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. All right. Moving on to the Los Angeles Kings, two guys on this podcast, um, you know, our fans. Um, but actually, uh, if Alex, um, this was Tyler's, but if you have something to say after Tyler's done, you're more than welcome to to chime in on your team. Um, just like James did with his ducks, uh, 47, 25 and 10 last season for 104 points. Um, they lost out to the Edmonton Oilers once again in the playoffs, um, in a very, very hard fought battle. Um, in what was, what can other be just considered a, an incredible, uh, season or uh, series. Um, seems to be the case when those two teams kind of meet up. Um, in comes Pierre-Luc Dubois, Trevor Lewis is back, and Cam Talbot. Out is Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafala, Rasmus Kupari, Sean Dersey, which surprised me, um, Sean Walker, Alex Edler, Jonas Corposalo, and Cal Peterson. Tyler, this is the this is the, you're at a moment where we think that the Kings are perennial uh playoff teams. And I think that that's kind of safe to say. They are they are probably, um, you know, a strong enough team all the way through. Um, 
the question is, is how, how are they going to be able to perform in the playoffs? But I want to talk about the regular season. Um, I think that LA would benefit from home ice advantage in some respect. They haven't had that, um, luxury in the, in the last couple here. Uh, so I ask you, do you think this team's good enough to find that one or two spot where they would have home ice advantage for at least a series? I think they definitely have the potential to be a one or two uh, seeded team coming out of the Pacific Division. I think, you know, they obviously made the big trade to get Dubois, which gives them a very deep center rotation along with Kopitar and uh, Deneau. So I think that they put themselves in a good position on the roster, especially with depth, to put themselves in that kind of elite status in terms of a regular season hockey team that can win a lot of games and get a lot of points and hopefully secure a, a, a home ice advantage uh, especially in the, in the in the first or second round of of the postseason, which I think for them is kind of the step they need to take. They've made the playoffs the last couple of years. They've gotten bounced in the in, in the first round. I think we've we've kind of come to this point. Now we want the next step, which is a deep playoff run. Um, so we'll see, you know, how Dubois can put in that mix. But I think it gives them a very lethal uh, center rotation, which is huge. I think it it, it bumps some other guys that were playing, like you know. Byfield was, was 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 playing a center a lot. I think that puts him on a wing. I think that just makes this 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 Kings rotation the offense a lot deeper. Um, they did lose a lot of you know kind of young guys that I do like, um, but I think that they'll still be a very good team. I think their biggest question mark, which was the same question mark as last year, is is, is their goaltending. You know, is Cam Tablet going to be that guy? Phoenix Copley, who stepped in and did a pretty good job for us last year, but are those the guys that are good enough to get us past that hump in the, in the postseason? I think that's definitely a huge question mark. And something that might be addressed at the trade deadline, depending on how Talbot and Copley perform. Um, I think that's really their only their their biggest flaw right now. And I think even then, I think their Talbot and Copley will be serviceable. But you know, are they that Stanley Cup winning tandem? I'm not sure. Um, but I do like a. Uh, there's a lot of things to like about this Kings team, and I think that they will take that next step forward and get a playoff series win at some point. But um, a lot to look forward to for this season for the LA Kings. Definitely, Alex. Do you have anything that you want to add? Yeah, I mean, even if Quentin Byfield's your fourth line center, that's an incredible four centers in four lines. He's also 21 years old. And, you know, I still think that, and you, you know, and yes, the centers are great. And you're forgetting, like Tyler, not that you're forgetting him, but Adrian Kempe has scored like 35 and 40 goals the last two years. He might be the most underrated, quiet goal scorer in the NHL right now. Um, And, Look, we saw the Vegas Golden Knights win the cup with Aiden Hill in goal. You think the Kings can't do that with Cam Talbot? I think they can. But yeah, there are obviously two big names on the goalie market with John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck that could potentially get there. And even with this big trade, the Kings still have one of the better farm systems. So like they can pull it off. The money would be a little iffy. They could do one of those Tampa long-term IR bullshit things <laughs> and just kind of see what happens. But yeah, I agree with you, Tyler. Like, I think this is the year we need to see them win, uh, win a series, and you know, ideally get uh, you know home home ice advantage. You know, one of the one of those top two spots. Yeah, the LA Kings um, are a team that always always kind of worry me. I mean, they're they're a team that plays very well against um, you know speedy teams. They have that awful, god awful trap system that is so fucking effective, but so god damn boring um but it damn it is so damn effective and they were they're already starting to bring it back so um you know and some things never change when it comes to mcclellan uh so vegas has the line set at a hundred and a half now don't freak out because they had 104 last season we have to remember that vegas brought everybody up 
who are in the basement. So they have the points have to go somewhere. So uh, they opened at 96 and a half. They, they more than, uh, you know, managed it at 104. So I ask you, Tyler, 105, where are you at? Over. Go Kings go. Go Kings go. Not surprising. Alex, the other guy. Yeah, that's an easy over for me. James? I actually have the under, man. I don't like the goaltending here at all. Yeah, the goaltending is the biggest question. It always will be um, until they find until they maybe make that trade. Um, but I, I still think you assume that they're a playoff team, right, James? Yeah, yeah, they're a playoff team. For me, because I have so many unders everywhere, I, the points have to go somewhere. Um, I, I think they're going to be like right a one on one. Like I think they're just going to be over. I, I want to, and also this is a little bit of karma because I do believe that I do need to respect the team that is in front of me. I respect the Kings. I don't want to. I don't want to dog on them because that will that will end up blowing in my face. I know it. Uh, moving to the second team in the Pacific, that is my team. Um, they ended fifty twenty three and nine with one hundred and nine points. They were just two points away from that top spot in the Pacific. Ultimately, top spot in the West. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers had an interesting, very very interesting, um, you know, off season. In comes um, Connor Brown, a former. Um, uh, line mate of Connor McDavid's back in juniors. Uh, and in comes Lane Peterson. Out is Kyler Yamamoto, Clint Kossin, Nick said Devin Short, and Ryan Murray. Boys, uh, for me, this is going to be quite simple. I think that uh, from what I understand, the the way that everything's kind of gone through the summer, um, <clears throat> Connor McDavid in, in particular is going to be a man on a mission. I think that we all know that that the path to a Stanley Cup comes from a a heartbreaking loss or, or or a character building loss they just had that in uh, uh against vegas um i'm not gonna uh, i i don't know how anybody can say that um the oilers took a true step backwards considering they ended up losing to the eventual stanley cup um you know uh, uh champion um, i think that we all agree that um, between the kings the Oilers and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, one of the three was going to win the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup um, uh, final was the second round, in my opinion. Um, so uh, so at the end of the day, there weren't very many tweaks that the Ed- that Edmonton made. The, co- the co- biggest question mark is goaltending, and I don't know. We never know what we're going to get from goaltending, but I do like to believe that any step in the right direction is, um, you know, is a positive step, especially when it comes to Jack Campbell. And I do believe that he's already started to, uh, to stabilize. Um, apparently came, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, more fit than ever. Um, uh, and, uh, the only thing I ask of him is to, to just not take as much pressure, um, every single night that, that you lose buddy, because it just, it, it's not, it's not helpful. I think he, I think he did that in LA. When he was there, he did he did do that in um, Toronto, and that was such a big problem. And it just gets in your head. So um, you know, stay out of your head, buddy, because uh, you don't you don't need that. The Oilers are opening up at 106 and a half points. That they opened up at 102 and a half, and they finished 109. I'm I'm obviously taking the over because again the points have to go somewhere, and they're also my team. So I'm not going to be you know I'm not uh, and you know I have I have very very high hopes for the team this year. Uh, James, what about my Oilers? I'm definitely going over. I want to see Connor McDavid score a lot of points. Yeah, I I think we all need to be very fucking uh, careful of that. Tyler. Yeah, I will go over for the others as well. And Alex. Under. Under. Injury away from yeah. missing the playoffs. That's why the Oilers, I'm still not convinced. They're still not if convinced. If Connor or Leon gets hurt, this specific is better. You, you could miss the playoffs. I'm just putting that out there, and I'm going to... Yeah. I'm not hope that doesn't happen. Just going big and saying under. 
Hey, I, um, I, 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 I like it. Does something different. <laughs> I, I like it. You have to be something different. And Hey, we're, this is a, we're, we're, this is a competition too. So, uh, we're, we're going to make the last one as quick as possible. The, the Vegas golden Knights, uh, are went 51, 22 and nine. That's how they ended up with 111 and winning the West as well as Pacific. Uh, in comes Mason Gertz, uh, Geertsen, excuse me. Out is Riley Smith, Phil Kessel, Lorraine Brossois, and Jonathan Quick. A lot of old guys. Um, Riley Smith, one of the original uh, Golden Knights. Um, I, I like to think that this defending cup, uh, cup champion team is going to be looking to do it again. Um, I don't think they care about the uh, the, the the regular season. Um, I think they're kind of in that same situation as LA and and um, and Edmonton. Just get us there. Like I'm at the point where just get me there, and so so is uh, Vegas. Uh, I, losing the guys that they did, I mean. L- Losing Riley Smith's huge, but they didn't lose anyone. Like they lost to Phil Kessel, who wasn't even playing in the playoffs. Laurent Boswan, Jonathan Quick, they probably weren't going to crack the going to crack a starting spot with uh, you know with Aiden Hill there. Um, so I, I I think that uh, you know they didn't really have to do much. Um, it's just a matter of are they going to do their bullshit um, uh, LTIR thing again with uh, with their captain, which. Um, if there's an over under on that, I'm definitely hitting the over on that. <laughs> but there is not. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, are open are opened at 104 and a half, uh, so actually just below the Edmonton Oilers, according to Vegas. They opened at 97 and a half, and they finished with a 111, to which I say they will take the under. I'm actually taking the under. I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back in the regular season because I just th- don't think they're going to care as much. James, I also. Take the under on that one. You're taking the under, Alex. Damn it. I really wanted to take the under, but now I want to be different. So I'm going to take the over. I like it. Tyler, what about you, buddy? Under yeah. Little, little, I'm going to go under a little Stanley Cup hangover. Yes. Yes. You're going to take the under too. Okay. So yeah, you're uh, going to win by a lot or lose by a lot. That's <laughs> I like it. Um, that's the Pacific Division, uh, Tyler. But next week, guys, it is the draft for the TLDR in season Stanley Cup. So stay tuned for that. Um, we might have some rule changes. I think we had some issues last season, and we're going to have it all squared out this season. I'm so excited for it. Tune in next week. Thank you, Traden. Another Pacific, or another division uh, preview up for 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 grabs. Um, I'm excited for the in the in season Stanley Cup. I need some redemption because I did awful last year, so um, I need to figure that out for sure. Looking forward to that next week. Uh, but thank you, Traden. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're doing another waiver wire fantasy football segment with your boy James. Welcome back, everybody. We are entering week four of the NFL season, and that means fantasy football is in full swing. And James has got his waiver picks of the week. James, take it away. Yeah, I uh, kind of sucks that I wasn't on waiver. Or I was hosting last week because my waiver picks last week were on point. CJ Stroud, Tank Dell, Mo- I, don't, I don't even know. I had my second one. But oh, Jerome Ford. There we go. They were fantastic. But just want to give you guys updates on our season for fantasy football. Speaking of people who suck, like Tyler, because he sucked at the last game too. He lost, so he's now one and two in ninth place. I lost to Traden. Traden's in sixth. I'm in fifth. Alex won, and he's in third place at two and one. And you always got to give Mike a shout out because he listens to every single podcast. So shout out Mike. He's in first place, two and one, 173 points this last week. Starting off on waivers this week, it is quarterback Jordan Love out of the Green Bay Packers. 
47.6% rostered, 24.26 points against the Saints, 22 for 44, 259 yards, and a touchdown and an interception. He also added nine carries for 39 yards and a touchdown. If you guys remember two weeks ago, I also had Jordan Love on there, but y'all didn't listen. He's been fantastic these last couple weeks. Top 10 quarterback in week three, top eight quarterback in week four. Uh, if you just remember my stat line, he completed 50% of his passes, which is not good. But I think his confidence is at all-time high after coming back and really just driving the Green Bay Packers to victory against the Saints. They were down by, what, 14, 18 points, 17 points, and they came back to win it, which is insane. And it also showcased his rushing ability, which was great. And if you know anything about fantasy, you want a quarterback that can run. Uh, also, wide receiver Christian Watson, who I said was going to be back in week two, is finally coming back in week four. So I was wrong there, but he'll be back. And he'll also have Aaron Jones back, which is going to make Jordan Love's life so much easier. Alex, your thoughts on Jordan Love? Yeah, uh, he scored over 20 points in each of these first three games. And just like you mentioned, James, uh, you know, the percentage, not great, but the most yards he's thrown for, the most rushing yards he's ran for, um, you know, and I thought that showed a lot. I think they were down. Yeah, like you mentioned, James, 17 nothing, 14 nothing at halftime. Obviously, a comeback against a Saints team that, you know, I think we all considered one of the better-ish teams in the NFC. So that's proved a lot. They are going up. He is going up against Detroit, who's been pretty good so far this year. But, you know, if you're looking for something with, like, I don't know, maybe you're a Derek Carr stand and he's hurt or I don't fucking know, somebody else or you drafted Aaron Rodgers and that's all gone to shit and you're looking for something, Jordan Love might be the answer for you. Ben, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm going to pick the guy. Like, It's just going to be this revolving door of these two quarterbacks <laughs> because they're not listening to you, James. Why aren't they listening to you? It's CJ Stroud, man. It's CJ Stroud, dude. This motherfucker has looked so good, and uh, and it, and it's it's just amazing to see. I mean, I mean, he's scoring, uh, he's scoring at least twenty four point six fantasy points each outing. If you have like for some reason, if you have a Matt Stafford or Derek Carr, like what are you doing? Like dump them. They're done. Get him the fuck out of there and pick up CJ Stroud. He's playing against the he's playing against uh, Pittsburgh this is this week. And James, I only have to think that you did not pick CJ Stroud this week because you couldn't because you picked him last week. Yeah, um, we'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> Moving on to running back Devon Achain, or as he likes to be called, Devon Achan, Miami Dolphins. 16.1% rostered, 51.3 points against the Broncos, who are a very sorry team. 18 carries for 203 yards and two touchdowns. Also added four receptions for 30 yards, two touchdowns. Definitely the hottest guy in the way boy right now. 51 points is crazy. Uh, he's not the starting running back for Miami, but if you remember anything about Miami and how Mike McDaniel likes to run his offense, they like using two running backs. Remember last year when they got Jeff Wilson with the trade deadline? It was Mostert and Jeff Wilson. You never knew which is which, but the thing is, they both scored a lot of points. Um, the Dolphins loved A-Chain from the beginning. That's period. He they, they loved him in training camp, but he got hurt. And he was actually the starter over Mostert, over Jeff Wilson. But he hurt his groin, and then they started easing him back in. And when his first full game of being 100% ready, he scores 51 points. Ridiculous. A-Chain is a do-it-all type of back. He's shifty, resilient. He's a force in the passing game. And he's a very lovable dude. Like I, he's, he's great. I love him. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts on A-Chain. Yeah, I think you you kind of said it. I think with it, 
this explosive Miami offense, which obviously went off for a record-setting performance on Sunday, uh, uh, along with uh, A-Chain, I think that's like an all-time performance. You're probably obviously not going to expect that every single week, but this is still a very, very good running back. And especially kind of we're kind of getting to the point in the fantasy season where the, the waiver wire is starting to thin out a little bit. This is a guy you got to grab up right now because, you know, even if you have running backs, like just go out and grab him because he he can be a guy that at, at the, at the least can be insurance for you. If one of your running backs starts, it gets injured um, or, or, or starts to fall off. Um, I, I think this is a, a an, an easy pick and a, a very easy, a, a very easy grab. Um, so I think that if you, even if you don't need a running back and your fantasy league is not paying attention, go get them. So Alex, or not Alex, but everybody, pretty much everybody in the fantasy ever for fantasy football is going to try and get a chain, but Alex is not. Why is that? He's never going to produce like that ever again. He went from 1.8 points the day, week before to 51. I mean, obviously, he's never going to hit 51 again. He's probably never going to hit 20 again. And you know who they're playing? The Buffalo fucking Bills. That's a good-ass team. They are not... They're going to end up throwing it a lot more, I think. Obviously, Tua is having an MVP-like season. If you expect the lowly-ass Broncos to do what they did, but the mighty Buffalo Bills, I don't. I just don't see it happening. I still think Mostert is that guy there. If you're looking for someone else, Saquon is still beat up. Matt Breida is still out there. He's only rostered at 26%. And you know who they're playing? Seattle. And you know what sucks? The Seattle run defense. So go get Breida. And like he even had a decent day against the Niners defense on a Thursday short week. He almost had 11 points for a short week and a guy a lot of people probably picked up. That's not terrible. And now he plays Seattle, who gave up like 24 points to running backs last season. We already saw Kyron Williams torch them in week one. James, you love this because this means I'm talking shit on Seattle. I, I do love it, and I, I can't hate it. So, yeah, either or, pick one of the two. If you don't get A.J., go get Brita. Then moving on, wide receiver, Tank Dell, 23.3% roster, 25.5 points against the Jags, five receptions on seven targets for 145 yards and a touchdown. So I did what Traden said I shouldn't do, but I picked this guy last week. I'm going to pick him again because he's that good. Not that I don't like CJ Stroud, but I went wide receiver heavy this time. Um, CJ Stroud, this is CJ Stroud's top guy, and it's very apparent. You should read my waiver wide article from last week if you really want to know why. Uh, this Houston team is on its way up. They're actually a decent team, and they're fun to watch. They're better than the Cardinals. They're better than uh, the Jets. The Jets awful with Zach Wilson. Houston Texans, way more fun to watch. Tank Dell, way more fun to watch. He's going to get hits. Like, he has specific plays drawn up for him, and they are shot plays. They are bangers down the field where it's a home run every single time. And CJ Stroud loves to throw it deep. That's like his superpower. He is that guy when it comes to that. He, he's had 45.7 fantasy points over the last two weeks. And Tank Dell is a monster. Alex, your thoughts on Tank Dell? Yeah, I just claimed him in our other league. So I'm really hoping that goes through because I don't know where I'm at in that claim order. But yeah, you're right. Back-to-back weeks of 20 plus, to be fair, those two touchdowns and both those things. But you know what CJ Stroud doesn't do? Throw picks. You know what he does do? Couldn't make completions to Tank Dell. Those are good things. I will give a little bit of credit and a little bit of iffiness because they are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this upcoming week. And that is a very good defense. So it could be a little bit of a fade. But so far... CJ Stroud seems like easily the best rookie quarterback coming out of this, you know, recent class tank Dell and him have, uh, you know, a very good, uh, uh, chemistry. And I don't see why this can't continue. 
I do agree that the Pittsburgh name is a little scary to go up against, but Minka Fitzpatrick, the safety, a.k.a. the most important position in football, is out. <laughs> so those deep shots are going to be wide open for Tank Dell. Trade in your thoughts. Uh, look, I, 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 like, I like the pick, um, but I, I, my, the next, thing, next guy you're going to talk about is part of this offense who just lost Mike Williams. This Chargers offense, guys, is electric. Um, and it, and, uh, the, the, I don't know if you guys have seen many of the, the Chargers play, but, uh, Chargers games, um, but, um, uh, Justin Herbert is looking, he's having his own MVP like season, in my opinion. Um, he, he's able to sling, sling the ball to anybody. So I'm going to say Josh Palmer if he's, if he's available, um, because he looked so damn good in that, in, in that, uh, you know, in that, in that game. Uh, and here's the thing about, uh, you know, the Chargers offense is, there's no one guy. I know Keenan Allen was kind of the main guy, but but Justin Herbert is a thrower. He lo- he loves to get everybody involved. He is very very smart. He's very he's one of the more intelligent quarterbacks. He does not just um, you know he tries to find everybody and get everybody involved. Um, and this Chargers offense is going to continue to get better. And uh, even it, and with Mike Williams gone, which is a key part of that offense, in comes Josh Palmer, and I think that he's a great pick. I like that. Moving on to tight end, and let me just preface this, the tight end market is really tough right now. So uh, probably don't even listen to this part. I don't know. Donald Parham Jr., Los Angeles Chargers, 0.4% rostered, and there's a good reason for that. 14.4 points against the Minnesota Vikings, two receptions on two targets for 40 yards, and two touchdowns. So it's 100% on touchdown rate. Mike Williams is towards ACO, like Trayton just mentioned, and he was a big body in the end zone. He was uh, kind of the guy that, Herbert liked to hit in the end zone because of how big he was. But Palmer or Parham is might be just as big, if not bigger. This is this is a big man. He's a tight end. And so I think he's going to be the new end zone target for Herbert. And you can already see that. Mike Williams went down, Parham went in, had two touchdowns on two receptions on two targets. Like he is the end zone guy for this Chargers team. So far this season, he's been targeted four times in the end zone through three games, which doesn't seem like a lot, but for a tight end who's playing second string minutes, like that's massive. You're scraping at the bottom of the barrel for tight ends. And if you can get a touchdown, that's going to save your week, honestly. Traden, what are your thoughts? I, I I completely agree. And actually, I think that he, like, I know that Jared Everett is their, is their main tight end here. But look, that those sco- the scoring in 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 our leagues, especially when it comes to uh, tight ends, is 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 pre- is premium, um, and and it, it comes at a premium. Um, if he's going to be the Chargers' uh, end zone target, which I think he is, and I just had this whole spiel about Justin Herbert, so we're so we're winded in, uh, like thirty seconds or whatever. Um, you can insert everything I just fucking said. Um, he. Uh, Justin Herbert is is intellectual. He's smart and he knows how to throw. He's going to continue to look for Parham to to complete drives. I think this is a uh, this is a great pickup if you're really looking for the bottom of the barrel type of situation. It sounds like Trayden really likes Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert also has kind of long hair, so I think Trayden's on the precipice of hating him and loving him. So we'll see about that. Yeah. Tyler, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, Donald a duck. You know who's not a duck is uh, Luke Musgrave of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 13.3% rostered. He's currently the 10th ranked tight end fantasy, uh, which again, slim pickings right now with, with fantasy. So I get it, but you know, week three, he had a pretty, he had a pretty good outing, uh, six receptions, eight targets, four, nine yards, 10.9 points. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. 
but he's going to score a touchdown soon. So might as well pick him up before the rest of the league catches on. I think Jordan Love and the offense is still kind of figuring out their system and their chemistry. I think that Musgrave is going to be a big part of that going forward. So you think he'll score a touchdown this upcoming week or the next week after that? He will score one touchdown in, in, in the next two weeks. And if that does not happen, what are you going to give Alex? Yeah. What am I going to give Alex? Yeah. What are you going to give me? A fist bump. Oh. I'll take a beer instead. All right. That's fine. <laughs> I think we, we all take a beer. Thank you, yeah. Tyler, for the beers on, you know, and that, all the listeners too. Claim a beer on Tyler. He said it. Tape has it. That wraps up week four of my way warriors. All right. Thank you, James. Informative as always. We love it. Uh, we're super in, into the fantasy football. Um, hopefully I can start getting better because my season's at a little bit of a, of a precipice at the moment, but uh, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, get hangover. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got one more segment for you. We got another uh, division preview this time in the NBA with Alex. Welcome back, everyone. Last segment of the episode. We have the NBA division previews. This time we're going to the Southeast with Alex. Take it away. Thank you, Tyler. Um, just going to put this out there. This is probably the saddest division we're going to be talking about. Just <laughs> this is, I don't know what's going on with the Southeast, whether it's the NFL or the NBA, but those teams suck. So if you live in that area, I am sorry. Uh, but <laughs> sorry. We are going to start with the Charlotte Hornets, who went 27 and 55 last year. Uh, that means they missed the playoffs. Uh, no. They gained technically Miles Bridges back again. Uh, Brandon Miller, who is the number two overall pick. Frank Nikintilla, whatever the fuck you say his name from France. Uh, they re signed Lamella Ball and PJ Washington. Uh, pretty much they lost Kelly Oubre and Dennis Smith. Trade in for reasons I don't understand because you texted before Tyler, you picked the Hornets. <laughs> but two years ago, they went like 43 and 39 or something like that. They were on, they made the plan. They were kind of on the precipice of what we thought was kind of a re like getting. Oh, fuck. I said precipice again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were on the up and up. God, that's so much worse. Whatever. <laughs> Either way, two seasons ago, it kind of looked like they were going in the right direction. Last season, not so much. So was last season more of a blip? Or do you think the Hornets kind of have a little bit going for them and they can turn this around? No, 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 no. <laughs> they should not be focused on, they should not be focused on finding, you know, specific type of positions to go for anything. They're, they, they're so far irrelevant. And, and, and I don't know why I picked them either, but I, here I am. Um, I, I, I do appreciate, you know, I, I, um, I like uh, ball. I think he's, I think he's fun, but, uh, that that's probably about it. <laughs> um, uh, look, th this is a team that I think needs to continue. It's, it's rebuild ways. They, they need to just focus on adding talent regardless of the position, regardless of anything, just bring in guys, bring in talent and rebuild this thing. Um, as you mentioned, this is a sad division. So, uh, you know, you, you look at, you look at who else is there. There's Washington. It's Orlando. I mean, you could you could have made this joke about anybody, any of these guys. Like all of them, besides maybe Miami and to an extent Atlanta. I don't know. Um, is is a team that is not really worth much. So this is a situation where you just 
bring in a bunch of talent, continue to to cultivate a uh, a a competitive culture with the with this young group, and move forward. Um, you know, it, it, it it's not a shame if you uh you know if if you miss the playoffs. Um, it's it's a sh- it's a shame if um if you don't find a comp- a competitive you know um you know a feeling within the locker room. Uh, and I think that's where it starts. That's that's really all they have going for them. Yeah, I mean, we we discussed this a while back. You know, Michael Jordan sold his majority share of the ownership and, and is a minority owner. We all kind of decided that didn't really matter. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Who knows? You know, Brandon Miller is a pretty outspoken dude. Um, he pretty much, he said during the draft, like, no, I should go in front of Wemby. And I kind of like that attitude in a young guy. Like, yeah. I don't care about this. Like I want to be that dude. So if he and LaMelo can do something together and at least kind of work on their chemistry, that's what this, this year kind of feels like. I don't think any of us expect the Charlotte Hornets to be, you know, competing for a playoff or play in spot. And I don't think Vegas does either because their under over is set at 30 and a half. Again, they won 27 games last year traded. You going over or under? They're good for four more wins, boys. Come on. That chemistry is going to start for 31 games. 31 games. All right. I like that. <laughs> Tyler, what about you? Over, under? I'll go over as well. I think I, there's something about I like. Okay. Do you, do you want to comment on what that is or just... <laughs> just a gut feeling. It's all like it their, is. I have no reasoning for it. Credit to them. And Eric loves their announcers. Their announcers are pretty dope. So I will give them That's that. the reason That's why they'll huge. be over, right? Okay. There. I like That's that. Huge. James, over, under 30 and a half. Uh, I have them under at 30. Okay. <laughs> I'm also going to take the under. I just don't trust that this team is there. Uh, they're, they're struggling. Um, but moving on to a team that is maybe a little more exciting, the Orlando Magic and James, the Florida guy that he is, wants to talk about the Orlando Magic. They went 34 and 48 last year. They also missed the playoffs. Um, they gained Anthony Black number six overall and Jet Howard number eleven overall. The Australian GOAT, Joe Ingles, and Slam Dunk Champion Matt McClung. <laughs> Crazy offseason for Orlando. Uh, they really just lost Bull Bull and Michael Carter Williams. James, Orlando with Paolo took a huge jump last year. Um, they were awful two years ago. And a 34 and 48 record is, I mean, it's not great, but it's not terrible. So is this another prove it year or do you expect them to kind of take a jump forward? I, I definitely think they're going to take a jump forward because you saw what happened in one year when they had pieces together. And now they have an entire year and then an off season of those pieces together where they can kind of gel and learn each other the way they do, right? The one thing that we're really, really, really missing was consistent three-point shooting with that team because you have you have Paulo, who is an all-around great player. You have France, who can shoot the three, but he's not 100% there. Like, he's not the best of the best. Fultz and Carter, who can drive and kick, and then Carter is this big guy in the middle of the paint and just rebounds and blocks things. That's cool. You need a kickout guy, and that's what Ingles is. He's been that guy for every single team that he's been on, and sure, he'll come off the bench and do his thing, but putting him in that lineup with this up-and-coming team, I, I like a lot. So I think this year, they're going to make a, more of a push, and I, I they might even try to make that play in. Yeah, I James, I agree with you. And I think obviously the Orlando Magic are a very, very young team. And, you know, they they've done a pretty quick rebuild after selling off like Aaron Gordon and Vukovic to to Chicago. So they've done a really good job turning things around. 
it helps when you can draft a guy like Paolo, um, who's pretty much proven himself to be a, a very already a very good NBA uh, star. So, and adding a veteran presence like Joe Ingles, who's been on some very good teams and can kind of help with that leadership, I think is only a positive step for them to take. So, James, based on your reaction, I'm assuming, well, I haven't told you what the number is yet, but I guess they won 34 games last year. Vegas has them at 36 and a half over under. Over. I have them at 40. Okay. Tie. Over. Traded. Um, I'll take the over. Fine. <laughs> I really want to take the under to be different like I did in hockey, but I do think this team has gotten a lot better. Um, so I'm also going to take the over. Moving on to the Washington Wizards. Tyler's team. They went 35 and 47. So they finished one game better than the Orlando Magic. They also missed the playoffs. They gained Bilal Kulabaleg. Sure. <laughs> I <laughs> nailed it. I have no idea. Number seven overall, Danilo Gallinari, Ty Jones, Mike Muscala, Jordan Poole, obviously kind of one of those main pickups in Landry Shamit. They lost. Bradley Beal finally got traded. Monte Morris, Kendrick Nunn, Chris Stops, and Isaiah Todd. So, Todd, these Washington Wizards, they don't make any sense. Why are you signing all of these veteran guys? And what what are they doing? Do you really want to build around Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma? Or is it going to tear it all down? Yeah, I don't really know. Obviously, they got a new GM. <laughs> Seem to be kind of... I mean, they should be going full rebuild after trading Beal and Porzingis uh, after last season. Um, I think they're just trying to make this team somewhat watchable, maybe. I don't really know. Um, obviously, Kuzma and Poole are going to highlight that offense, which, you know, there is some flashiness to this team, but def- you know, defensively, they're not good. They're not going to be a good team. They're not going to win a lot of basketball games, but I think there is something that's at least marketable for the fans, I guess, to go out and watch some of these guys play, I guess, maybe could be the reasoning for some of the moves that they've made. Um, yeah, I get some flash, but no real substance for, 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 for this Wizards team. Um, they should be really trying to rebuild and maybe, I mean, they, they maybe end up trading, you know, pool and some of these, some of these, these other bets to some teams that, that could use it to get some more young talent there for, 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 uh, the wizards. Cause they're going to need it. Uh, they're not going to be a very good team. If you were an NBA GM, which one of those guys, Kuzma, pool, Gallinari, Ty Jones, Landry Shamit, who are you targeting? I mean, just, I don't even know what they're, I mean, all those uh, veterans are on like one year deals, but like, is Kuzma still the guy you think? Like, is he the biggest trade piece for them? I feel like Kuzma is probably the biggest trade piece, uh, certainly talent wise. And I think just with the, what, what he can offer. Um, I just, I think that he just signed a four year contract with them. So I think that's a big issue money wise. Um, so that would be tricky, but I think he's definitely the, the most for me, like talent wise, just having a guy like that, that's what you want. Um, I think other guys would be easier to trade though. So I think, you know, it's kind of a weird kind of toss up there. Yeah. I mean, look, we saw, I think the, that deal is like you mentioned, the wizards trying to have some name that you want to watch. Um, but also is, you know, Kyle Kuzma is still in his, I think he's 28. Um, so it's still young enough where that contract for four years will probably age pretty well and could probably be the biggest trade piece. Um, and, you know, if you trade for him this year, that's three and a half years of control, which then potentially gives you a bigger, you know, input of young, 
young players and or draft picks. So, um, uh, yeah, the Wizards kind of feel like the Vancouver Canucks where, yeah, you traded Bradley Beal, but now you need to really go, you need to go bad. Like you, you need to go San Antonio Spurs bad. And Vegas <laughs> thinks they're going to do that. So they won 35 games last year, Tyler. They're over under set at 24 and a half. Holy <laughs> shit. Not good. So they expect the the Wizards to be bad, bad. Are they going to be that bad? Sheesh. I didn't, I had a more like 26, 27. Uh, so just for that, I'm going to go over. But yeah, that's a pretty brutal on over 100. I think we could all agree that this was the wildest over under set so far. Yeah. Huge drop. Uh, Traden, what do you think? Over under 24 you know, and a half. I, Wizards. It, I'm going to go under just because. I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like every, I, 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 not that I don't like what you said, Tyler. I just, you made me not like this team. So <laughs> James, what do you think? I also think they go under, I think they, uh, after they win like 10 games, they'll trade everybody. So under, <laughs> yeah, unless they start like the jazz next year and just go like 13 and two to start for no apparent reason. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think they're going to trade most of those people. I'm going to go under this feels like one that Tyler could potentially get right as the only one that took the over if everyone stays for no reason, but I also don't trust Washington to figure it out. So kind of makes sense. Tyler, we're going back to back, buddy. The Atlanta Hawks, they went 500 the entire way. I'm pretty sure they were never a game above. They were pretty much always like one and two or three and two. They were always one game within 500. And where do they finish? 41 and 41. They lost in the first round to Boston. They gained Kobe Buffkin with the number 15 <laughs> overall pick, Wesley Matthews and Patty Mills, and they lost John Collins and Aaron Holiday. Tyler, we've talked about a lot of the Eastern Conference already. I think, you know, even with teams like Orlando, we expect them to get better. We expect some of these other kind of mid to poor level teams like the Indiana Pacers to get better. The Hawks squeaked in to the plan in the playoff. You know, did they get any better or do they need to make another move, either positive or negative? Yeah, this was a weird year last year for the Hawks. After after a, a, a deep playoff run the year prior, there was a lot of hype with this at, with this Hawks team, and it just did not work out last year. That's that that's why you saw the uh, coaching change. Um, so Quinn Snyder, this will be the first year with a full year with him. I think that'll help. I, I do think the Hawks will improve this year. Um, I think, you know, young and Mary is still like one of the, a very good one, two punch, which in the NBA is kind of what you need to be a, a playoff contender. Um, so I think that they'll, they'll bounce back. I do in, in order to be, you know, kind of make a deep run. They're definitely gonna need a few more pieces. It's still not a very complete team, but I think that they will find a way to kind of go back to where they were two years ago, which was a very young and upcoming team. I think still think there's a lot there. There's a lot of, of substance there for them to really move forward and, 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 Build upon. I think Trey Young, we've mentioned probably one of the most exciting young players in the NBA. That's something to to, to build around. Um, I think that they will make uh, some 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 great strides. I think last year was just kind of was one of those weird years for whatever reason. I do still think they need to add. I think they'll get off to a good start. I think they'll be buyers at the trade deadline, um, and hopefully they can win a playoff series or or or, or to the season. I still think there's a lot of good pieces here. Okay, so would you say they're on like the? maybe like the precipice of being a top 16. Yes. They're definitely on that precipice. 100%. <laughs> well, I think we found the title of this episode. Oh man. Okay. I, I get that. And I, I think for them to really compete and be one of those top teams in the East, they're going to need to make a move. 
we've seen and heard rumors of them, you know, chatting with Toronto, who is also a very confusing team who may or may not trade some guys off. And they also are now in the lead for the Damian Lillard trade, which we will discuss in the next three minutes. But so I don't, I don't know what to think of the Hawks. I wanted them to do more in the off season and they really didn't. I do still like young and Murray as a backcourt. Um, but we've also seen potentially that they would sell off Trey young and kind of start all over again. So this feels like a very make it or break it year for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Vegas does not think they're going to be any better. They won 41 games last year. They're over under set at 41 and a half. So Tyler, what do you think over under on the Atlanta Hawks? I'm going to go over. I think they're at 45. All right. James, what about you? Under at 40. Oof. Trading? I'll take over. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over. I think they make a trade and try to compete in the East. Um, I, you know, I, I like teams that try to go for it. And I think we've talked about a couple of teams that need to not go for it in this division. So I'm going to take the over. Moving on to the last team in this division, the Miami Heat, who also barely squeaked into the playoffs. Honestly, all five of these teams could have missed the playoffs. <laughs> like It was not that. It was pretty close to that happening. The Heat, uh, as James correctly predicted, went on a run and then flamed out in the NBA Finals, which they lost to the Nuggies. They gained Thomas Bryant, Jamie Vasquez Jr. with the 18th overall pick, Josh Richardson, and re-signed Kevin Love. They lost the GOAT, Udonis Haslam, who finally retired, uh, Victor Oladipo, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Cody Zeller. There's a lot of roster turnover on this team, James, including Haslam. Sorry, bud. No. But like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent made, played a lot of minutes for the Heat, both in the regular season and in the postseason to varying degrees of success, I feel like. As I mentioned earlier, the Damian Lillard thing has still not happened. The Heat have seemed like they've been the front runners this whole time. James, what do they do if the Dame trade doesn't go through? And like, can they make another run like they did last year? Yeah. Um, if the Dame trade does not go through, which I don't believe will happen, I think Dame will end up being a Miami Heat. Um, this team is still set up for success. I mean, they still have their core of Jimmy, Bam, Tyler Hero. And you lost a bunch of guys, but you also kind of gained Caleb Martin. No, you didn't gain him like, as physically, but you found out that, damn, this guy can play. Look at the playoffs. Boy went off in the playoffs. And if you lose Gabe Vincent and Max Schroeder, that's cool because Caleb Martin can fill in that shots. He can fill in those points. He can fill in those minutes. I'm cool with that. Caleb Martin is good. And they gained Thomas Bryant, who can play some really meaningful minutes to back up Bam and keep Bam fresh. That was one of the biggest things, the biggest issues is Bam flamed out towards the end because of the fact that he was tired. They played a lot of minutes. He had to, because who was the backup? Kevin Love. Is Kevin Love that physical? Not really. They need a rebounding presence, and that's exactly what Thomas Bryant is. He's a big man who gets rebounds. He was also part of history. He was in that photo when LeBron James both broke the record calling for the ball. So he wants to play. He wants the ball. He wants offense. He can do all that. He's not as good as, as Bam. That's fair, but he can fill in and get meaningful minutes off the bench. I like that. This team will still be solid, right? Even if they don't get Dame, Duncan Robinson can still shoot. He proved that in the playoffs. They have good coaching, a good culture. Like it doesn't really matter who you put in there because they're going to fit in. That's the Miami Heat. That's Eric Spolstra. I like this team with or without Dame. Are you a little worried they're getting 
a little old. Jimmy's another year older. That's a lot of minutes. Kyle Lowry's 38. That's a lot of minutes. Kevin Love. I know you, I know you just said a lot of positive things, but we kind of see the heat do this up and down kind of version. Um, you know, are you a little worried that they're getting old? And again, crazy run to the playoffs through the playoffs last year until obviously they got to the finals, kind of similar to their counterpart, the Florida Panthers, who then also just got exhausted in the, in the NHL final. So any worry on that, or you still think they'll, they'll be enough or maybe they'll spread out the minutes a little bit better during the regular season. Oh, definitely. That's, that's the reason why I want Dame on the team. Cause he can take a lot of that pressure off. Uh, if Dame does not get on the team, I think their regular season record suffers, but then they still make that playoff push. If Dame is on the team, that regular season record will be better. Uh, but at the end of the day, like they're going to have to temper some of those minutes. The load management thing that they're going to have to figure out a way to get through that. So I don't know if Eric Spolch is going to be that guy that's like, I'll play this guy one minute and call it a day. But something's going to have to happen with this team because of how old they are. I yeah. was like, 38 years old, crazy. Jimmy is looks and feels old. He's really not terribly old but the way he plays he got crooked knees that's what it's looking like so if you could get some help that'd be awesome yeah and just a reminder i'm sure you guys all know this the nba is the only one of the four sports that we talk about that winning your division doesn't mean dick it is just what position you are in your conference obviously with the other ones you win your division you're going through the heat you can win your division and be 10 games out of the playoffs, just depending on how shit your division is. It's just easier to do our previews, you know, this way. So, okay, James, no, I like that. I, I still think Dame, I, I have, honestly have no idea where Dame's going to go. If and when it goes down, we will discuss it, I promise you. So again, like I mentioned, James, they won 44 games last year. Vegas expects them to be a little bit better. They've got them at 48 and a half. Like we've mentioned a million times also, a 50-win team is pretty legit. That's when you know a team in the NBA is, is pretty good. So, James, over under 48 and a half of Miami Heat. I'm going over because they're getting Dame. Okay. Ty. Oh, over as well. Traded. They're getting over because they're getting Dame. I'm going to take the under. I think they're going to have a little bit of a tired offseason. And I'm not sure Dame's going there. I'm just not convinced. I feel like it would have happened already. It's been months and months and months. But. Tyler, we are officially done with the Eastern Conference. I think it's my turn to host next week, and then we'll start in the West. Love that. Uh, we're done with the East. We'll go to the West. Uh, that wraps up another NBA segment, and that wraps up episode 167 of TLBR Podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share the podcast with your friends and family, anyone else you think would like it. Um, so hope you guys are enjoying all the sports. Again, this is one of the best times of year to be a sports fan. Hopefully you guys are, are loving it. Hope you guys are enjoying enjoying your week. And uh, we'll see you next round uh, for, for more. Some, some October baseballs coming up. We got a lot of things to look forward to. Hopefully you guys have a fantastic week. And remember, if you have any extra pumpkin, anything, make sure you send it to Alex's house. See you next week. 